Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pillow Talk podcast. After a pretty long break, you are again joined by your two hosts, Jay Malhotra and Manan Kalra. And this week again, we are here to talk to you about, you know, another thing which has gone wrong with the world in 2020. The only difference is that this time we are not enraged about the fact that an Indian has died or an Indian has suffered, but mostly about George Floyd being murdered. or allegedly being murdered by Derek Chauvin in the United States. So this has caught a lot of the media's eye. There has been a lot a lot of posts that have been going on around all forms of social media, which is why we felt ne- we felt it necessary to discuss it today and just to start off the discussion, I just want to know what you think about the entire thing that happened on it. I think in 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 plain simple terms this was just cold blooded murder like mm. you can't you can't say anything else about it because once you see a policeman standing on someone's neck for 9 minutes for 9 minutes if someone is standing on someone's neck I think that can be easily categorized as cold blooded murder he did not feel empathy he he did not think about what the repercussions for his actions would be all he did was stand there on his neck even while the guy was saying that i can't breathe my stomach hurts my head hurts even after the people surrounding george floyd were crying and telling the police the policeman to stop they still did not stop and other than that let alone the people let alone the bystanders there were cops over there who did not say anything to derek chauvin and there's another video in circulation now that shows three other cops standing on the back on the legs every on every body part of of george floyd and if that's not murder i don't know what is because great the fir- the first autopsy report says ki it wasn't because of choking but once you once you go to the independent uh, autopsy report that the family of george george floyd um carried out it says that it was because of because of um, choking and because of derek chauvin the asshole standing on on the neck of the guy and and just just put it into perspective the the crime that was allegedly committed was the forgery of a 20 dollar note yeah i mean and the fact and if you look at it so you know in perspective this is not a crime that warrants such aggression right no But no crime warrants such aggression yeah definitely no crime does and they said that he was resisting arrest but from the videos that at least i have seen he was very complicit he was very compliant with whatever the police was asking him to do right that's where my next question comes in is that we've seen multiple instances of police brutality and it's just become such a rampant and such a recurring feature that now when i see you know a news article i'm not talking about the indian context right now but if i see a news article that talks about police brutality in the united states then it doesn't jump out to me because it's something that i have personally gotten accustomed to right. and more often than not i've seen that you know the victim of police brutality is a black person i'm not saying that's the case all the time there are a lot of white people who must have suffered from this but the majority of the reports that i have read have had you know these the victims to be black men or black women 
so mm. where do you think the line in terms of you know say police brutality or the freedom and authority that's granted to the police is to be drawn i think in the us the the problem the problem that arises is that the police have a lot of power when it comes to subduing uh an alleged criminal right you can you can push them against the car you can put handcuffs in a way which is aggressive and you can do all sorts of stuff and if you even if if you retaliate a little bit or even if you question the police then you're you're at a danger of getting shot yeah. as simple as that because if you if you even if you show a little sign of resistance even through your words and not by your actions then that warrants a shot on your head because it's as simple as that in the us they can literally shoot you down in seconds and then they say ki oh, oh there was resistance from the person and i mean i just don't understand i don't understand the cops in the united states and i'm not and i'm not generalizing this because i know that 9 out of 10 cops in the us are are sensible people are people who who have a good background when it comes to stuff like this and who know where what their job is because their job is not of a judge their job is not of an executioner their job is to just take the guy to the jail and investigate because in mm-hmm. this case in in george floyd's case this was clearly something where this was clearly situation where derek chauvin forgot what his job was and his evil human nature uh, took precedence over uh, what what he was doing this guy i don't know, like we 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 still don't know whether it was it was fueled racially or was it just another evil power abusing act by by this person because i i can't understand how someone can be so so heartless by doing something like that and so to you know just answer your question about how there is you know ambiguity about the fact that whether or not this was a racially fueled act so i do think that you know there are multiple points that do point to it being racially fueled a because look at the nature of the crime right it mm-hmm. was uh, the forgery of a 20 dollar bill fine it, by all means the police should have you know taken necessary action put him against the car handcuffed him taken him to the precinct whatever said and done absolutely absolutely 110% true ha- should have happened but the way in which it happened shows pent up aggression against an individual and i think and, i think and one second i think besides the aggression i think there's some sort of fear factor as well they mm-hmm. for some reason i feel and I'm, and this is just how i feel this is my assumption that i feel that a lot of the a lot of the people in the us are just are just scared of other black people because yeah. somehow somehow in their eyes they're all either criminals or or dangerous mm-hmm. that's true and even if you look at you know the way in which these the way in which these crimes are apprehended at least in the say immediate run so uh if you remember there was this uh, one story which came out about this boy Derek Turner if i'm not wrong he was he was studying in some ivy school and he was accused of raping an unconscious girl hmm. so that news came out 
at least two two and a half weeks after that news came out was he actually taken in front of a judge okay before that nothing happened he wasn't he pulled from his dorm he wasn't pulled from his house nothing happened and then he got out he was given a sentence of six months a for raping an unconscious girl and he was pulled he was let out of the jail in three months on good behavior if you try not to if even if you say discredit you know what happened after the hearing the events before the hearing leading up to the arrest in that white person's case and the events leading up to george floyd's arrest and murder are starkly different which just leads you to believe that you know there is again some sort of resentment or fear like you mentioned that exists in in the majority of america's population towards the black community yeah and and i'm just i'm just reading the article that you're talking about and the two accused in this case were i think um, henry sanchez and jose montano these were the two guys who were uh, these are the these are the school high school children right who were alleged yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so these are the two guys and these are two white males who were alleged of the crime i think irrespective of that irrespective um, of i think just sidestepping from the race thing a little bit i i want to talk about derek shovin because that guy has 12 counts of misconduct on him already before before this situation and even mm-hmm. after having 12 counts of misconduct this guy wasn't thrown out of the police there was no investigation that took place on him and he's he's still running around threatening people with his with the force that he has and i think that's where the problem in the structure of of policing in the us arises because something that i was reading about the other day there exists something called a blue line which means that a cop mm-hmm. won't investigate a cop right so if if in a situation both of us are cops and you commit a crime then i won't i won't investigate you and if there's no one to investigate you then how will you get uh, convicted of a crime because i mean so just one thing the like just one clarification uh is it just that i am not supposed to investigate a fellow cop or is it that i am not allowed to do that no it's a basically it's an unsaid rule that they have right so it's it support so, so and quote camaraderie where i won't investigate you you won't investigate me and and there's mm-hmm. no one to put pressure on them there's no one to put pressure on them if 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 um, if someone says that i've i've done something wrong okay fine i'll write it down but then i won't do anything about it right so i won't investigate another cop so it's matlab it's just stupid and and just i mean there there has to be something that has to be done about and there are still cops in the us who still believe in this still yeah, believe that's true. Which, which makes me think how many crimes that the police might have committed in the us that have gone unnoticed that mm, have gone that's true unnoticed and and basically this whole thing of of uh, george floyd and everything this has sparked like a huge uproar on the internet it, this has sparked um, uh, protests which started in minneapolis in minnesota and has actually like in the past 2 3 days like we witnessed it has traveled throughout the us like there are protests in yeah. florida in california in new york in texas literally in every possible state there are protests either either there are there's some degree of violence associated with the protests or 
there's um, there are peaceful protests but let's let's not get into who picked up the first brick but i think what see there's there's consensus when it comes to the problem that has occurred right every yeah. every states that this this is condemned like um this act by derek chauvin is not uh, justified by any means but again at the same time looting and vandalizing in the name of protests i think that's a bit unnecessary what do you think about it so uh, definitely like there's no doubt doubt about the fact that you know what happened was wrong there needs to be a revolution there needs to be a movement to at least ask for legislation or to just ask for the the accused to be held accountable for what they've done but you know rioting looting vandalism all of this is just not the answer to it because mm-hmm. this undermines the very movement in the sense that you know this gives the government this gives the police a reason to get back at you in whatever means they feel necessary and at this time you don't have an answer to them because what you are doing is also wrong right you know i've seen a lot of posts on social media and i've seen you know the biggest of celebrities who have posted stuff like you know oh we fought for lgbtq rights we rioted then and that is why we have the rights that we have now hmm. and you know how we fought and we were violent against uh, slavery and that is how we got it abolished i i'm sorry but that still doesn't make sense to me and i will not you know just agree with someone by virtue of the fact that you know the essence of what we want is the same but the very important thing to understand here is that if collectively we don't move together in the same manner that we can actually bring about a change then it just defeats the entire purpose of it because it won't be just the few you know who are actually carrying out violence who will be you know punished or will be attributed properly for what they have done it will be the entire collective movement that suffers because of that and mm-hmm. if one just goes about to you know justify what is happening or justify the looting the rioting and the violence then then that's just something that i don't agree with whatsoever and and i think agreeing with that the family of george floyd came forward and and they asked everyone to be peaceful while they protesting because you have to understand that it's a very mm-hmm. very tough time for them as well like they're already mourning the loss of of someone that has been so close to them but suddenly the name of that guy is being used to commit further crimes which is completely cross productive and 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 but again at the same time there's a lot of ground reality that we're unsure of and uh, again different people and different celebrities have put out different statements like we saw um a story from holzi the other day where she was showing peaceful protests but at the same time we're also seeing videos of people burning uh, houses burning uh, shops looting target and yesterday there was a video of people looting uh, aldo and all these other high end brands looting nike and stuff which i and and i shared a video with you yesterday where the cops had arrested a guy and they asked him what his goal was and if he cared mm-hmm. about george floyd and he said yeah i mean that's there but basically i'm doing this to earn some bread and that's what he said yeah so 
I think you know all of these, all of these you know very deep questions in terms of you know this is very similar to you know whether or not you'll steal a bread to feed your family. Mm. So this again comes back to that that if a person needs to you know steal to feed the people at home, then where do you ask him or her to draw the line? But slightly moving away from this point, you know, like we mentioned that you you mentioned that there are the majority of the police force in America is actually you know sympathetic. They know what to do and they know how to do it. And we've seen that in the form of these policemen taking part in protests that have actually you know spread to all fifty states. Hmm. Similarly, we've seen like we we have mentioned repeatedly, we've seen a very very heavy participation. from the entertainment industry from the sports industry in america and i can't help but notice that cowards from the bollywood industry have also been posting about you know how black lives matter and how racism is a problem that needs to be dealt with while i agree with all of that and i'm glad that they finally you know realize that there is something greater in the world that needs to be paid attention to than just what they are doing in their house with their respective spouses or whatever the fuck it is that they do but i i just can't help but get angry about the fact that they've all decided to you know speak up now when they were all absolutely silent like there was not a word coming out of their mouths and every time we are there were they were asked a question about you know the political atmosphere in india when the ca and rc protests were going on they chose to say that oh we don't know enough about it so we don't, we don't want to comment about it hmm. why do you think that you know these cowards if what they're saying is true did not want to know enough about what was happening in their own country with the audience that has you know pushed them to the stage that they are they are at right now but they still choose to read about what's happening in the west why do you think you know this culture has you know been prevalent for so long i think as in in very simple terms as you said these guys are cowards right and they know that if they if they speak up either for or against the ca and us and and i think at this point we don't even care whether they are speaking for or against we're just asking them to speak out like just just tell us what you feel because see i think again very simply put they know that if they say something against this or for this then there'll be a major chunk of people that will stop coming to their movies that will stop using their uh, the products that they endorse and stuff like that and if if something like that is hindering you from 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 propagating something so powerful like you have so much power in our country people literally take you as idols they they pray for you and stuff like that and if you can't have a simple voice for the people in your country then i think you're nothing more than like you said cowards and be it any any bollywood a-lister be it priyanka chopra who's suddenly popped out of a hole and talked about uh, uh, black lives matter and stuff like that great do it but talk about india too and this selective activism is what uh is what the problem is of a lot of people in our country yeah and i feel that you know if you just look at it in you know and you put it in perspective then the fact of the matter is just that 
they know that you know speaking up about what's happening so far away from them or so far away from their audience is not going to have any direct consequences on like you said you know their movies or the products that they endorse but it's still a great pr move for them right because oh this is just another way of putting it out there that we care about what's happening with the rest of the world and mm-hmm. i don't know it's just mm-hmm. it just pisses me off but so uh, you know like we are draw trying to draw a comparison between you know the racist anti racist movement in america to what happened in india i have read you know a couple of articles that have just debunked the fact that there are any parallels at all between the communal issues in india and what's happening in the in terms of racism in america and there are a few points that i read which i'll just tell you you can just tell me what you think about them afterwards so one of them the one point said that neither blacks nor whites are native americans so they both have equal say in how they are you know treated in the country then the second is that they say that blacks and whites in america both abide to the same constitution but in india when you talk mm-hmm. about muslims there are instances when the muslim community holds their religion higher than the constitution in terms of you know say decision making or consequences when it's convenient for them so what do you think yeah. about the fact that you know do you think that it's a similar movement do you think comparisons should be drawn or not i think comparison can be drawn at a very very uh, primary level when it comes to racism like let alone the movement you have to acknowledge the fact that the racism that exists in the us is very similar to the racism that exists in india like if not based on the color then probably based on on the region that you're from if because if you if you go to the northeast and a lot of the people from the northeast are called derogatory terms that they don't like to be called and a lot of the people yeah. from the south from the south of india are called terms that they don't like to be called so so racism and and talking about racism and casteism at the same time because we we still have a very prevalent problem of casteism in our country which through which i think you can draw parallels and and when you talk about uh, the the muslim law i think i i i don't remember what it's actually called i think it's called the muslim personal law or something like that and uh, where uh, where they say that they have basically where they hold their religion above the constitution and that is the power that the constitution has given to them right it's it's not the fact that the the constitution tells them to follow a certain set of rules but they don't follow it no in the constitution it's written that they are allowed to follow a certain set of laws but at the same time if you look at if you want to um, look at the hindu side of it then there are certain laws that the constitution provides that that the that the hindus can follow like 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 the one that we have of um, the hindu undivided family the huf right that is only possible for hindus so it's not that the constitution uh, is making a difference. basically the con- once the constitution has written something see this can be a discussion for a whole another podcast where we talk about if there should be universal civil code and stuff like that but at the same time i think if the constitution has said something which again in the us have said that the black and whites are equal so okay. technically there's no legislation right now that they're fighting for all they're yeah. fighting for is for the police to stop the brutality and for the cops to be held accountable 
Yeah. And this is what the protest is against. The accountability and the fact that the racial profiling and all police related crime, all the police brutality stops. And I think this is where there's a slight distinction between the Indian scenario and uh, and the US. And I just want to bring a small statistic that I read the other day, which was that black people were 24% of those killed in police brutality, despite being 13% of the population. And there are more criminals that are black in the country than there are white. Now, we still don't know whether this has, this is more to do with the fact that they're convicted more or that there are more black criminals. But I think just because of this small statistic that there are more black criminals, I think this is what causes the police to be slightly apprehensive mm. of black people when it comes to crimes. And this is where I think the, the thought, the ingrained thought that they have since the very beginning that black people are dangerous, black people are this, black people are that. I think this is where that is being converted into police brutality. And this is where the protests are very important. But at the same time, I think what's not happening in these protests is value generation in the sort of where you're actually telling people what to do. Like, okay, you put up black screens and blackout Tuesday and stuff like that. Great. But what needs to be taught to the general public is still not out there. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think, again, like, you know, with all protests, like, it's great that there's so much support and and everything. But the fact that, you know, the very essence of the movement is not being put more in the highlight is what concerns me because, see, this is not something that you will have a tangible answer to, you know, say it's like the support, uh, like the protest ends and XYZ is achieved. Because the main thing right here that we need is a mental revolution. And again, like that, I'm I'm sorry to keep bringing it back to the Indian context, but talking about the mental revolution just brings me back to one point that, you know, we've seen so many, so many of our friends who've been studying abroad, who chose to not post anything during the CANRC thing. And that's fine, you know, because we can't tell people what to post and they chose to not be political. But now I'm seeing them post about how, you know, racism needs to be dealt with, how it's a systemic problem. It just pisses me off because, fine, I can't tell them what to post. But why is it that those people care more about what's happening in America than what's happening in their own country? Do we not need a mental revolution for that as well? To not just, you know get what we want to just start getting people to care about what's happening yeah and i think that is where our actual uh, outrage is about that we're seeing this sort of selective activism when it comes to people where they're not talking about issues that are there in their own country but they actually feel more comfortable talking about stuff that's happening in other countries because i think that's more comfortable for them and that's where the problem lies i guess Yeah, yeah, definitely. And coming back to your question about, you know, the main message of these protests and these movements. And I think that is the one thing that I feel, you know, wraps up the entire argument is that like we saw with the CANRC thing happening in our country, we saw with, you know, various other protests and movements that took place. We we noticed that after a certain while, you know, the fire dies down. And after that, there's just no coverage in the media about what happened, Mm -hmm. about what they or what what we were fighting about. So I think this, again, since it has seen, since this has seen support from all over the world, 
what is most important is that once the media coverage dies down once the you know being cool if you're supporting this dies down it is still prevalent the message is still prevalent the movement is still prevalent and people still care about what's happening because right. if people just stop caring about what's happened and you know oh fine acha wo to ho gaya let's let that be now then it again mm. defeats everything that we work for everything that the people across the globe are working for right and i think just to conclude that i think this has become one universal movement and this should stay universal there should be an end to racism whether it's whether it's in terms of uh, racial profiling whether it's in terms of sports or opportunities or stuff like that this has to end sooner the better but i think again as utopian as it may sound there needs to be some sort of mental revolution when it comes to ingraining this racism at a very young age in small children that you have to be scared of people like this and i think that is that is where we as individuals have to do better because at the end of the day even we have this sort of apprehension against black people when we see them right when we look at them and we and we and let's admit it we're scared of some of them Definitely. so let's just put an, let's put an end to that let's make ourselves better and i think once we make ourselves better i think it will make the world better definitely and i think you know that is the that is how we will be concluding today's podcast again like if we have missed out on anything please let us know if there's something that you want to add please feel free to reach out to us and we'll be back with more episodes very soon thank you so much for joining us bye